Welcome to the Dumb Idea Podcast Show with Mike and Alex. We thank you for joining us as we have a couple of beers and a cigar and talk about what's going on in our lives. Grab an adult beverage and a smoke and settle in with us. Please like, subscribe, and comment on each show so we can hear whether you agree or disagree with our take on things. Listen wherever your favorite podcasts are and at www.dumbideapodcast.com. All right, so in our last episode, we got into some some issues with government. The original purpose of that show was to kind of say, hey, you know, as a show or, or just in our own opinions, this is where we stand. There might have been there might be some disagreements here or there, um, but basically kind of say, hey, look, this is where we're coming from. This is why we think the parties left us. We didn't leave the parties. Um, however, we really didn't get down that path. We kind of started talking about specific instances. It went off the rails. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Don't be wrong. I, I hope it was an entertaining show. Yeah. But hopefully this show is more of what the last show should have been. So essentially what I'm going to do is I'm going to just list the topic, the main topics that people kind of vote on or vote for or against. Um, and we're just going to talk about them as far as where we stand and where we think a new middle party could be. Um, even though we know there's no shot that a middle party or another party is going to exist. But I know like up in New Hampshire, the libertarians kind of took over the Republican party there. Yeah. There was a movement. I re- I forget the, the guy's name. I re- he wrote a book. He's a libertarian. Yeah. And that was kind of their idea was to everyone go to New Hampshire yeah. and kind of make that like the toehold of. Well, it, essentially because I guess New Hampshire only, it, it it has under a million people that live there, I believe. So they said, look, they looked at three states. I believe it was Wyoming, New Hampshire, and I want to say it was West Virginia. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much said, we're going to, we want to con- get as many people as we can that believe in this libertarian policy or policies that we uh, believe in. And we're all going to move to these states, the state. And essentially infiltrate one of the parties. Now they still run as Republicans or Democrats, mm-hmm. but they, but they believe in the libertarian policies, right? Um, and some of you might have noticed that a state senator there actually uh, wants to put um, uh, official secession on a ballot. <laughs> so everyone thinks that Texas would be the the state to kind of do something outlandish like this but it's actually new hampshire that probably has the uh more chances than any to do this but that essentially though that's how the infiltration of the parties would work and you definitely kind of saw this with the tea party and how it infiltrated the republicans yeah the 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 tea party caucus kind of became the face of the republican party i think Um, that was the freedom party now yeah they have the freedom caucus Caucus. yeah and now they're also now they're doing like the american america first plan is now like the 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 um uh, evolution of that a little bit and the libertarians are getting more involved in the republican party because i think i think after gary johnson ran um and ron paul ran I think they. I think the libertarians realize. Look, yeah, we've they've never won an election for a state office or higher. Mm-hmm. 
um, when there was a Republican and Democrat running. Now, they've won somewhere it's been just Libertarian versus Republican or Democrat. Right. They've won some of those 50-50 battles, but they've never won a three-way contest. And I think they finally realized, hey, look, if we want to uh, inject Libertarian policies in, in some of these places... We, we're going to have to run as Libertarian Republicans or Libertarian Democrats. We're not going to be able to run as a Libertarian Party. Right. And I think that's probably the best common sense way of going about this. But for us, we might not be even too far Libertarian, but we're going to go down these major topics. We've got climate and energy, health care, finance and budget, jobs slash military industrial complex, uh, abortion, guns slash Second Amendment, education, regulation, slash red tape, and uh, the food industry. Those will be our main topics. I don't really think I'm missing any that would kind of, that would, that would, people would vote for or against there. Yeah, I don't think there's anything, anything else that's really going to be a, maybe you might want to throw Israel in there. That's some, some people get fired up about that, but we'll see if we have time and try not to. I'll uh, put it on the list. Yeah. Try not to try not to go off the rails. Um, well, so I'll start. Climate and energy. All right. I'm kind of a. I'm a person who wants all options on the table. I think we should be doing coal when coal is the most uh, reasonable to do. Mm-hmm. Nuclear should be done as well. Nuclear's got a horrible name ever since Chernobyl happened, but yeah. I think nuclear. Uh, and and also nuclear waste is also a thing that needs to be dealt with. But then there's also solar, wind, hydro, um, methane from cow poop mm-hmm. and landfills. You can get energy through that. I think there's a lot of ways to skin this cat. And I think people are on either side. I think Republicans and Republicans are so much so focused on keeping coal, uh, natural gas and oil. Those are their big three, and then the 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 Democrats want wind, solar, hydro, uh, and the the landfill methane. Although yeah. I don't know if they're even a big fan of methane because the, the CO two it puts right. on. But and the the nuclear side. Well, the the conspiracy theorist in me wants to say that that uh, all the anti nuclear stuff was probably funded by the coal industry to begin with. That's the that's completely unresearched. That's just the conspiracy theory in me, but theorist in me. But you, it kind of makes sense. Um, but I've always been the type where use the source of energy. Like, don't write one off just because it doesn't fall within your uh, political dogma. So, if to me, if solar makes sense, then use solar. If wind makes sense then use wind, hydro. The hydroelectric power plant's been around for a very, very long time. They use it a lot in Europe. Yeah. And even if you go up, look, so locally, the Conowingo Dam, that's a hydroelectric power plant. It's right. owned by um, Exelon. Yep. Um, you go up onto the, uh, you know, looking up in uh, upstate New York, there are hydroelectric power plants up there. Um, so there are plenty of examples of, the Hoover Dam. There's Hoover another Dam. one. That's a big one. Um, where it's been used. It's been used for a very long time. It's very safe. It's very clean. Yep. Environmental people might go and say, oh, but, you know, how can the salmon swim up the stream with the dam there? So then they build salmon fish elevators and they actually work. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's ways around it. Um, but I would never go and say, let's completely eliminate a source of energy because we don't like it anymore. Right. Because it's not cool. Um, and then, you know, some of the things like when Biden came in, he immediately canceled the Keystone Pipeline. Now, we don't, when we need water, we don't drive to the store and buy the water we need as we need it. We, there's a pipe that comes to the house because it's the most efficient way to get to move liquids is through pipes. So, to me, that was just a big virtue signal and um, where, like, let's leave that in place because we're still using these products. So let's transport them as efficiently as we can. Never mind the fact, if you ever look at the map of pipeline in this country, having that one additional pipeline yeah. wasn't going to wasn't going to have the negative impact people thought it would be. Yeah. And in fact, it wasn't that they weren't going to transport transport that oil. They're going to transport it, but by train. Right. And it's actually more dangerous to transport it by train mm-hmm. than by pipeline. Yeah. But no one wanted to talk about right. that. It's the safest way to transport. Another safe way to transport uh, fluids, you know, bulk fluids like that is by ship. It's a great, it's probably the most green way to transport any item. Right. But we have legislation on the books that prevents shipping. It's the the Jones Act. So essentially it has to be an American manufactured ship, American crewed, American flagged, which drives the cost way up. So it's cheaper to transport it by truck when we could be using ships. So it kind of falls in that energy sector because of, you know, transporting goods and services takes energy. So here we are. We have a, just a policy, just a rule on the books that's preventing this from happening. Um, it was supposed to be a boon to American shipping. But there is no American shipping. It's too expensive to ship things with American crews. So we're wasting money and energy just because of a, a rule we made up. But wait, for anyone who wants to question that, what, what you just said, when you go on a cruise, Royal Caribbean, Carnival, just look at the name tags and see how many say they're from the USA. Yeah, zero. Other, other than maybe the entertainers. The cabin crew, the kitchen crew, none of them are from the United States. Yep. And just like people on these ships, the the tankers and everything, none of them are from the U.S. No. Very, and if, if there may be a few. Yeah. But no. And if you look at the stern of the ship, it'll say where the ship is registered. Sure. Um, you'll see a lot of Nassau. Panama. I think Royal Caribbean's all Nassau. Panama. Yep. Panama's big. Um, Seychelles. Yep. Moldova, um, I think. Yep. Um, Liberia. Because it's cheaper to register those ships there. Yep. So we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot with just a a rule that was a handout to shipping. And initially, it's it was supposed to protect commerce during wartime and this and that. But it's kind of, uh, you know, it, it's it's no longer really relevant, well, and it, it's it's hurting us overall. And let's tackle let's tackle the main environmental issues, right? Everyone's worried about CO two, mm-hmm. right? And they said, well, we need, we need better gas mileage in cars and trucks and, and you know, all the, these coal plants. And they're horrible. Everything is horrible for the environment. The one industry that the U.S. is never going to tackle, and frankly, the world is not going to tackle, and it's the biggest polluter in the world, is the agriculture industry. Mm-hmm. Straight up. I believe it causes 70% of the pollution in the world. So we're we're literally focusing on 
the drop in the bucket. And which, don't get me wrong, I think that's fine. But if you're not going to tackle the thing that causes the most pollution in this in this world, what are you doing? Yeah. If you're not going to tackle you know, agricultural runoff, the methane from all these beef plants. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I know it sounds stupid, but these cows poop a lot. They fart. And there is a lot of methane that yeah. comes out of it. And methane is a harmful gas, mm-hmm. which is why a lot of landfill or some landfills, which I don't understand why they all don't do this, but they recapture the methane to create energy. Yeah. In fact, auto plants try to do this, yep. where they can make the auto plant carbon neutral because they capture the CO2 and the methane from these landfills. Which is why sometimes you go by an old landfill that's been filled in, and you see those white PVC mm-hmm. pipes coming out of it. Well, they can connect to it, yeah, and they can create energy. Well, they, and prisons will run off of it. Sure, yeah, they yeah. run all kinds of things off of it. It's cool, but but in, and I think a lot of who they call climate deniers. Mm-hmm. I think part of the reason why they're like, look, you're going to put the coal miner out of work. But you're not going to address the major cause of pollution in this in this world, yeah. and uh, you know. Oh, by the way, all these rich people are still buying oceanfront property. Yeah. Well, the oceans are supposed to raise. New York City's supposed to be underwater at some point. Was it supposed to be underwater like a couple years ago? Sure, something like that. But <laughs> all but you know, the richest people are still buying it up. Yeah. You know, now look, it's kind of beside the point, but I guess. My point is this, unless you are willing to take on the largest pollu- polluters in this on this earth, you really think the dude who has his diesel Chevy pickup really gives two cents about what you think? Yeah. Like yeah the, not, the hypocrisy there is crazy. Yeah, you're not you're not going to change his mind. And then, you know, getting into the the answer, well, we'll just build electric cars. Well, what do a, a, an electric car uh, is a coal power car, right? So the electric bicycle that you know that that the hipster rides in Brooklyn, it's a coal powered bicycle. Well, it's coal yeah. nuclear. It, 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 it's um, uh, natural gas. Yeah, it, something has to produce that electricity right. that you're plugging into your house. Yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't come from nowhere. Yeah. So just because you're not, it's run by wind. Yeah. Even though only what ten percent of this country's energy is produced I think that's by wind, being really generous too. All right. So, yeah, and and that's that's the thing. Like, if you're doing it, if you're doing it to, do it to because you, you know, if you're going to go and buy the electric car because you, you you think that you know, hey, it's a lot faster. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much on demand power. Um, it's cooler. You have to put gas in it. Like that's some cool stuff, right? But don't trick yourself into thinking that you're doing something that you're carbon neutral now. I guarantee you that you're not. Um, when you consider where that power source is coming, where that power is coming from, and then everything it took to assemble that vehicle and bring it here. Yeah. So. Well, never mind the fact. No one wants to. No one wants to address the battery issues. Yeah. What are you going to do when these batteries run out? Right. Like the, Like technically, the. I mean. No, we've had hybrids for a while, right? And now mm-hmm. on a Prius, you can swap out the batteries pretty efficiently yeah. and cost-effectively, and they can refurbish those batteries. Mm-hmm. Tesla doesn't have any kind of plans for that. No. Like, what are you going to 
do. And we've all had that cell phone that we probably held on to for a little bit too long. Mm -hmm. And where when we first bought it, it stayed charged for two days. And now you're lucky to get three hours out of it off a full charge. So that's all well and good with your but with your cell phone. But what happens when you're sitting on the side of the road? Now, look, it, at some point, if someone... I know there was there was a study a while back, but I don't think it was considered very accurate that said that the electric car and a Tesla was less uh, caused less emissions, and that was through the production and and also the the safe gas and all this other stuff and and I think they said it was like twenty like twenty thousand dollars more efficient or something. Mm -hmm. like that. I don't know, but I don't think it was done so long ago. I don't even remember the study. And I think it was debunked. Yeah, like saying, "Well, hold on a minute. You didn't you didn't factor in what it cost to mine the 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 materials that went into the battery, right? And ship it somewhere, ship, yeah. right? You didn't factor in all of that. And this. these these materials aren't being mined in places that are using environmentally friendly methods Heck either. No. Yeah. So, um, by the way, but, gra no no one's even talking about graphene as a battery. Yeah, graphene is a much better battery. Mm -hmm. But the battery industry is like, oh, oh, hell no. <laughs> You're not getting into that. I mean, just do a, if anyone has time, do a, a YouTube search for graphene battery. Okay. It's amazing. Yeah. Like this one guy stabbed one mm -hmm. and nothing happened. Oh, wow. Whereas if you stab a lithium ion, mm -hmm. it will explode. Oh. It's dangerous as yeah. shit. But nobody will listen to the people that are doing it because the battery industry and the power in the energy industry don't want it. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Makes but, sense. So what, what do we got next on yeah. that? Uh, so climate, where do you think, I mean, let's just talk about, where do you think we stand on climate and energy? Like, so for me, yeah. and I think we're probably on the same page, is neither one of us is one of the, is a climate denier. No. Um, however, I'm of the opinion that we should use the best, most efficient energy source that's available. Sure. If that's natural gas, it's natural gas. But let's not go and say we're not going to use i'm not gonna be the type, like if i could put solar panels on my house yep and run my house completely off solar yep i would do it you know and i'm not talking about one of these companies that you lease your roof space and then you pay them no no put solar panels on top of my house and power everything with solar i'm down well I, i'm down with like a regional aspect yeah like in arizona throw up that solar yeah in the midwest throw up those wind yeah. wind turbines yep on the east coast Maybe we got to use nuclear. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm fine with all that. Yeah. I mean, and I'm also not anti-fossil fuel either. No, I'm not, I'm um, not either. I, I think fossil fuels have a place. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just think that I when it, I noticed when you said climate denier, do I think all of this climate change is man-made? My hard answer is no. I think some of it is. Mm -hmm. um, but I also think that we don't have a whole lot of data going back far enough for this planet to let us know um, the ebbs and flows of the temperature of this planet. Right. I think, it, it, I mean, we had an ice age. We had, what was the, what's the opposite of an ice age? The, the uh, warm age super super hot age <laughs> whatever they want to call that um we, we we've had different ebbs and flows and you know yes i know oceans will rise when when the planet gets hot the oceans rise mm -hmm. because it melts the polar ice caps 
But then in, it, what that does is it cools the oceans, which then ends up cooling the planet, which then leads to a reversal of the heat. Yeah. So you that that's how you can go from an ice age to a, a to a heat age. We've got to call it a heat age. Heat age. Yeah. By the way, Again, the, we're, we're climate scientists. Yeah, dumb idea podcast. Don't believe anything we're saying. <laughs> this is scientific research, just so you know. Um, but it, there is ebbs and flows with the temperature of the planet. There always have been. And for us to say that, you know, us as humans have caused this solely, I don't yeah. think is a proper way to put it. But I also think that we have played our part in this right so for me I, I mean i'm kind of in the left camp and saying that humans are a part of it we should do whatever we can to mitigate it but at the same time i'm also on the right saying hey look this planet is super old yeah and we don't have all the data to say that it's us completely right and so yeah and and also like regardless of of whether it is i think we should be stewards of the environment absolutely and take care of what we have because i i don't see how like having clean air to breathe and clean water to drink and nice places to go and visit and pristine mountains and all the beautiful places that the world has to offer. That's not a left right issue. Like, I don't think anyone wants to live near, um, you know, a a factory belching smoke out of it. You know, that's just, I mean, maybe some people do, I can't speak for everyone, (laughs) but you know, um, and we've made unbelievable progress. You know, a, a, a vehicle made manufactured today produces less carbon emissions running at 65 miles per hour than a vehicle produced in 1950 does shut off and sitting. Right. So let's look at the progress we made and continue to make that progress. But to go and say, we're just not going to use this anymore. And it's, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Uh, and it's unrealistic. Right. Um, so I, I think we would probably, we would get some people from both the left and the right that would agree with us. Mm-hmm. And a whole lot of hate. Oh, lots of hate. <laughs> lots of hate. Um, but we'll go on from there. All right. Next one, another big one. Then we'll get into some minor ones. But the next big one is healthcare, And I think this is going to surprise a lot of people where we probably stand. I think we're probably in the same boat. Uh, for me, and this will actually touch on the next one with finance and budget. But And in the last episode, I said, look, I'm in favor of government when government is done right. Mm-hmm. I'm in favor of single payer if single payer is done correctly. In fact, I'd be in, I'd be in favor of expanding Medicare as a single payer system. But certain things would have to change for me with Medicare. One of which is currently Medicare cannot the Medicare system cannot negotiate drug prices with the pharmaceutical companies. Mm. Private insurance can. Private insurance says you know, we're only going to pay you X amount of dollars for this prescription when one of our people needs it. Mm-hmm. And the person that buys into the health insurance pays their copay of like three, five, ten dollars twenty dollars whatever it is for that drug. Yeah. Um, but that's negotiated between the insurer that you're paying into and the pharmaceutical company. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's a pharmacy benefit manager in between there somewhere. But oh, yeah. essentially, the problem with Medicare and probably Medicaid is that they're not allowed per Congress to negotiate drug prices with those pharmaceuticals. So it's just companies. a rule we made up just like the Jones act pretty much. Uh, and, and, and the pharmaceutical company pretty much says, well, you guys, you know, the government who's by the way, Medicare is one of the biggest purchasers of uh, drugs, pharmaceuticals in this country. Um, 
either through separate uh, Medicare Advantage plans or whatever they want to call it, or Medicare uh, or Medicaid. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, one of the biggest it's one of the biggest drug buyers. The pharmaceutical companies say, "Well, we can't have you negotiating because if you do that and we lower our revenue, then we won't be able to produce new drugs. We won't be able to. Ha we won't have the money for research and development of new drugs, which is completely BS. Mm -hmm. Because I believe the if someone comes and gets an FDA approved drug, I believe the patent is 20 years. Yeah. It's before anybody can even compete with them. Yep. Like, like if you, if you, let's say you're going through cancer treatments and your white blood count goes way down low and there's a drug called new Lasta, which is, uh, can be used as a, 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 every other week injection to raise your white blood count after chemo. Okay, new the the shot even negotiated from uh, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield. That single shot was five thousand dollars. <laughs> five thousand. Now, most cancer patients that have health insurance probably aren't even paying that because their deductible is already done by that point. Once you, once you get to that level oh, yeah. of the treatment, you, your, your deductible is gone. <laughs> yeah. Your, your catastrophic is kicked in, mm -hmm. but Medicare, let's say Medicare is covering your new last shot. They still pay the five. They still nope. pay the full till boogie. They're, they're not paying five grand. Mm -hmm. That's the insurance negotiated rate. They're probably paying 13. Wow. 13 grand mm -hmm. versus the five grand they'll take from the insurance company. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, and it's funny because you, you look at this, and a lot of the arguments I hear about this are from the right. And But isn't that the whole f party of the free market and all this other stuff? So you're not allowing Medicare to act as, you know, the any other transaction you negotiate. If I'm going to pay you to, to, to put a new roof on my house, we can you can go and quote me a price and say, ah, I don't feel like paying eight. Can you do it for 55? And you say, no, I'm not doing it for 55. Okay, how about... 67 you're like all right deal i'll do well, it so my question why put the screws to the u.s yeah canada's a wealthy country mm -hmm. but canada has a single-payer health care plan program yeah. and canada's allowed to negotiate drug prices yeah. which is why some senior citizens go over the border to get their drugs mm -hmm. they get their pharmaceutical because i think um i think a u.s doctor can prescribe or or maybe they maybe they have a canadian doctor do the prescription once they go but they they literally have bus tours yeah that go over the border for senior citizens. They make a day, like, let's make a day trip out of it. Play some slots, get Play some, some dope. Right? <laughs> and they get some drugs and they come back. Yeah. But you know what? It's still cheaper for them to pay for that trip. Like, the, the, the cost difference is still cost effective for them to pay for that trip going over the border, get enough of their supply of their drugs, and coming back then is just to get the drugs mm -hmm. from CVS down the road. Yeah. You gotta be kidding me with this garbage. Yeah. Like common sense is out the window with that, right? So, and so I, I guess my point: if we're going to do single payer, it right. needs to be done correctly. Yeah. And and my thing is, where I fall with health with healthcare is is I've always been a when Obama did Obamacare, <clears throat> my position was he had a supermajority in the House and Senate, and they had the White House. Yep. Obamacare didn't go far enough; they should have gone straight into a single payer. Then. Yep. Now, people say, oh, well, it would cost so much. And I look at it like this. 
So I have my health insurance. I pay for my family. I pay X amount per paycheck for healthcare. And then my employer pays additional, and that's the total cost to insure my family. So if that's the cost that I'm not talking about free, someone's going to have to pay for this. It, it, the money, nothing's free. It comes from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So if I'm paying, say my total family cost for health insurance is $1,000 a month, okay, which probably isn't unreasonable. If, if the total cost is $1,000, whether it goes to Blue Cross Blue Shield or whether it goes to Cigna or Kaiser or whether it goes to, to, to Medicare, Medicaid, you know, Medicare for all, I don't really care. As long as, like you said, as long as it's done right. And then, because still the total cost hasn't changed for me at all. Right. Now, let's say it a step further. So say it's, I'm paying $1,000 for my family. And then to get to, so another family that has nothing, if I have to pay an, an extra $100 a month to make that happen, I'll do it. And the thing is, it's not, um, I'm not trying to sound like a hero, but if $100 makes it so that, Someone can go see a doctor, stay out of an emergency room and gum that all up, which is another place that they go. Then I'm all for it. I don't see where anyone wouldn't be. I'm not looking at it like, oh, well, I pay for it. You should too. Some people can't. Right. Now, is healthcare a right? I don't, I, I don't really go that far because to me, to make healthcare right, that means I'm forcing somebody else to perform a service. Right. But they're going to be compensated for it. But like any other government program, it just gets so gunked up and full of nonsense um, that it can de- if it's if it can be done right and efficiently, which it can be because the private companies are doing it now. Now the private companies, I've always thought that a profit motive and a patient care motive don't belong together because at some point. Now I remember with with Obamacare that everyone said there's going to be death panels and this and that. Right. They're going to kill grandma. Grandma is always getting killed, whether it's COVID killing grandma right. or the death panels killing grandma. Grandma's getting screwed. Right. So my Don't grandma did pretty me. good. But um, <laughs> in any case, like, that's that's all, but that's just hyperbole is what they're saying. But it, if you look at something where the, what is the insurance company's motive? What's the CEO of the insurance company's motive? To maximize shareholder profits. Correct. It's not to provide the best patient care. So maybe that is a role of government where um, a private company is thinking about making money. And if you think of it, if you really wanted to get cold and calculated with it, think of it like a car. Eventually, you don't put money into that car anymore because it's not worth putting money into it. So once grandma's 75 years old, you know what? She had a good run. <laughs> the, the private insurance company, like, yeah, we're not really doing that. One of the things I had was, was when I was in... Um, I was younger. My doctor put me on fentermine to lose weight. So, but insurance didn't cover it because they said that me being fat was a pre-existing condition. But being fat causes a whole bunch of other things, right? Like um, heart attacks, hypertension, hypertension, diabetes, you name it, a lot of stuff. So, I was talking to my doctor about. I said, "This is ridiculous," and I had to go in for a follow-up, and I had to pay the full till because of as a pre-existing condition. So, I said, "This is kind of messed up." I said, so insurance company doesn't want to pay. She said, yep, that's a pre-existing condition. I said, well, I don't have diabetes yet. She goes, nope. And if you get diabetes, I'll pay for that. So they'd rather cut my foot off Mm -hmm. for diabetes than to prevent that from happening. She goes, yep. She goes, actually, I'll take it a step further. They're hoping something else kills you first. Right. And it was like, damn. But that's that. I can't help but think that's how it actually is. Well, what if. 
I, I wish this is where we talked about government messaging before how awful it is. But what if you did single payer, but you added in the fact that the single payer system could negotiate these drug prices. Mm -hmm. And let's just say the savings from that alone would cover half this cost. Then on top of that, and I know this is going to sound against that government ethos you talked about, maximizing shareholder wealth. Problem is, is that you're maximizing your profit off of government subsidized program. Mm -hmm. So like all these health systems, think about it. Who is the biggest source of revenue for health systems? Senior citizens. Medicare. Right? Medicare, yeah. Medicaid. The, uh, the uninsured, Medicaid, mm -hmm. and senior citizens, Medicare. And sometimes senior citizens have Medicaid anyway. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to make your huge profits off the government spending anyway. Yeah. Okay. Normally, I would not go down this route. I think businesses, free market, charge what you can charge. People will pay what they have to pay. Or supply and demand, all that fun stuff. However, you're talking about healthcare. You're making your money off the people. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to negotiate drug prices, and I want to cap your profits at 20%. Just because you're going to get a majority of your money from the people's bank account yeah. doesn't mean you get to charge whatever the heck you want to right. anymore. I'm sorry, that's the business. this is the business you chose. Yeah, You didn't choose to go into the automobile industry yeah, go sell and car compete. insurance. Right, right, <laughs> sell car insurance. Yeah. And, you know, I'm also not, I know other people would say, would say, you know, well, I don't want to pay, I shouldn't have to pay for health insurance if I don't want to. Well, the retort to that is, well, you pay for, you have to pay for auto insurance. Yeah. That's a requirement. I don't have to drive. But then, but then we also <laughs> talked about the COVID shot. Well, mm -hmm. I don't want people to be mandated to get the COVID shot, right? So this isn't cut and dry. Yeah. I guess my thing is, if you're going to make your money off the government teat, you now don't get to maximize shareholder wealth. Right. I'm sorry. Yeah. It, so let's say you had to cap profits at 15 or 20% on these health insurance companies. So we're, we're still going to use the private health insurance model mm -hmm. with basically the government covering the premiums. Yeah. And... Maybe we should have low copays, right? I don't know. I, it, I'm sure smarter people than me can figure that part out. Yeah. Whether there should be copays or not, but essentially, if you can cover the cost with negotiated drug prices that you couldn't do before, and capping the profits of the health insurance companies and the pharmacy benefit managers, what if now health insurance only for a family of four? Or family of family of four costs five hundred bucks a month. Family of five is six hundred, seven hundred dollars mm -hmm. a month. And it can, and this is another thing, it can be employer subsidized. Mm -hmm. So even though my health insurance for my family of four costs five hundred bucks, well, if my my employer, as a benefit to me, could say, well, we're going to cover four hundred of that for you. Yeah. So you cover a hundred dollars a month, mm -hmm. or we'll split it in half with you. You pay two hundred a month. We'll pay two. Whatever it is, whatever the premium yeah. is, your employer can now. It's just basically another benefit that your employer can provide to you. Mm -hmm. So instead of having employer provided health insurance, now it's just a matter of you and your employer figuring out who's going to pay this premium. Yeah to the health insurance company that's being subsidized by the federal government. Mm -hmm. Okay. What if I said all of those costs would be covered just in the savings alone? Yeah. Now 
nobody's saying, most of the right is saying, well, you shouldn't have to have health insurance. Well, if it's this cost effective, I think a lot of that goes away. Yeah, and I can't think of anyone who, outside of someone who's just independently wealthy and doesn't care, is like, nope, don't want health insurance. You know, like, oh, my job offers it, don't want it. Sorry, don't want it. Right. You know, I, I can't think of anyone that really falls in that pool. Um, and then there's some other interesting things. There's the, uh, it's almost like a subscription service where you pay your. Yeah, there's, uh, a, there's a clinic down in Annapolis that does that. Yeah, what is what do they call that? Evolve, Evolve Medical, I think. Yeah. And, and then essentially you're paying them, um, you're paying for your primary care. So you pay them a flat monthly fee. Whatever sort of care you need is covered by it. Well, and some of them do a, the pay per visit model. Yeah. So, like down at Evolve, I think for like a well visit, ninety mm-hmm. bucks. Yeah. Now, have you ever looked at your EOB? A well visit, the the these doctors are usually charging you two hundred forty dollars, and then whatever the insurance company negotiated, mm-hmm. that's what you pay. Yeah. Well, Evolve says, look, Blue uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, they pay ninety dollars for a visit. Mm-hmm. So. We'll just charge you ninety for a visit. We're not going to bill insurance. You yeah. pay the ninety. Yeah. And oh, by the way, but there, but there's you're not paying premiums. You're not paying copays. It's a per visit. Yeah. Thing. There's a whole administrative staff, administrative yeah. function that you no longer have to have to to deal with. Right. There's the coding, all that crap that they don't have to pay someone to do anymore. Correct. That they're now just getting the ninety bucks without having to pay someone to figure that out for them. Yep. It's a neat model. Yeah. Um, and I think it. I think it works for. A young single dude, young single girl, sure. healthy, you know, um, it works for them. And, and why not explore that option? Um, so I, I think that that kind of satisfies the whole, the right wing, uh, you know, market base. Okay, you don't want to do that? Well, then do this. That's like your minimum coverage. Yeah, but I, I still think at the same time, though, if you, if you, the whole idea behind Obamacare was, well, we're going to make it more affordable. Well, it never got to be more affordable because the single payer, the single payer option never was there to force the private insurers to push that price down. Yeah. And never mind the fact now when you put them all in one pool, you know, in the rural areas, and that's what, this is where the biggest problem was in the rural areas where you only had one company providing mm-hmm. health insurance. Well, you still might only have one health provider providing insurance, but the entire country is kind of help, kind of helping to subsidize yeah. the extra cost in these areas. It, it, but again, though, if if the cost is low enough for the people in the major metropolitan areas, like mm-hmm. I said, if it's only like five hundred bucks a month, yeah, and your employer can help split the cost with you. I mean, if if you, if you said, look, I can get you coverage for a family of four for two hundred fifty dollars a month if your employer chips in half, I think mm-hmm. everyone would say, good, I'm I'm in. Yeah, but that's not what was happening. I mean, some of these small businesses, they were having to pay like twenty grand a year for health insurance. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, though, for me, I'm in favor of single payer. If single payer is done right, yeah. which is is the big caveat there, yeah, it's if done it's right. done right, um, so we we ran really long on both of those. Um, so this might end up being a three part show. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Let's try and we'll try and bust through some of these other ones. So like the finance and budget, I think this kind of goes along with what we just said about healthcare. At least on my end, I want it done right. Mm-hmm. I think we. And, and this fits into kind of like the military-industrial military complex. A lot of the money from the government 
uh, a lot of the programs, I believe, are military and healthcare, mm-hmm. Medicare, Medicaid. Those are the two big ones. Yeah, Social Security, which Social Security. to me should – they kept raiding the pot. It's supposed to be self-sustaining. So they're not really – so they're not exactly raiding it. What they did with Social Security was the government borrowed the money from Social Security. Mm-hmm. The problem is they, they were paying Social Security an interest rate of a T-bill. <laughs> So like one percent. Yeah. Now, as another example of how the social security system could have worked, look at something like a Calpers, which mm-hmm. is the California pension system and the New York pension system. They're allowed to invest the money into the stock market and other market. They can invest in bonds and stocks. They're basically like a really large institutional investor. Mm-hmm. So they can go in even if they just put money in a bonds, they can earn six percent. Yeah. Now think about that. The lowest return they could, they could probably do is 6% on mm-hmm. bonds, which is relatively safe. Yeah. That's six times the return that Social Security is currently getting at 1% yeah. or under. Mm-hmm. Like, that's great. Like, think about it. Yeah. They could be growing it. And, and, and think about that stretch across 20 years. Oh, yeah. Like, six times the money times 20 years. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous amount of money that Social Security wasn't allowed to accumulate. Yeah. And think about it, and that compounds too. Six percent per year they lost, or five, I guess the difference is five percent per year mm-hmm. they lost. So, think of it this way: Social Security, because they couldn't invest in the market or other in, or other investment type vehicles, they lost a minimum of five percent per year. Yeah, compounding. Mm-hmm. And so that's why Social Security is in the yeah. state it's in. It's not because the 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 idea of Social Security was actually quite good. Yeah. But again, government done wrong <laughs> screwed it up. Yeah, it, it, like the Social Security system itself didn't get screwed. Mm-hmm. Congress screwed it. Yeah, because they decided, well, we're just going to borrow from this pot of money, and because we're the government and it's our money, we're just going to borrow at the cheapest rate possible. Yeah, rather than rather than having someone else buy our debt at one percent. Like they mm-hmm. were going to pay the one and the one and a half percent, two percent anyway. Yeah. Why did you make the American people earn it? Yeah. That crap interest rate. <laughs> like China was, China, India, mm-hmm. all these countries are willing to buy our debt. Yeah. But no, we're going to make Joe in West Virginia earn that one and a half percent, and we're going to just squash the fund because yeah. of this. It didn't have to be that way. And again, this is government done wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but so, I'm, I'm, I'm also not a fan. I, I guess when we're talking about the military, military industrial complex, it's a jobs program. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. It's an inefficient jobs program. Sure. I mean, we're, you pay Raytheon, Boeing, uh, McDonnell Douglas, uh, who are the other Northrop, Northrop, all like BAE systems, all these companies, they get these huge contracts. Shareholders get Boost up the profits and all this other stuff. Yeah. And in exchange, America gets what, 70,000, 70, 80,000 jobs. Yeah. Okay. And then That's they, the trade off. Yeah. And then they use this equipment. So I've often said, you know, for the cost of, I think the B 2 Spirit was like $2 billion per aircraft. So, yeah, we use them in, we've used them in combat and they've, you know, dropped bombs in some far flung place in the world. But the cost of that equipment, of maintaining it, um, say we didn't buy a hundred of them. I don't, I'm not sure how many we have. Say we just bought fifty of them. So 
you're looking at a hundred billion dollars that have been spent spent elsewhere rather than being spent on these airplanes. So here's a stat for you: the United States spends the uh, the amount of money that the United States spends on its military is equal to the next seven countries combined. Yeah, and like six of them are, are our allies. Yep. <laughs> so, so, I mean, so did we really need to spend that much money? Now, again, though, a lot of it is a jobs program. Mm-hmm. We're, we're building it so that Americans have jobs. Yeah. But now you're talking about like kind of a socialist type system or socialism type system where, or communism, I don't know which ism it is, but yeah. it's basically taxpayer money going to make sure that other taxpayers have money. It, but it's a, it's a weird thing because every time, like, the government spends the money, Raytheon, whatever, takes 20%. Joe Blow gets his 20 grand a year, but then he's got to pay 15 of it back to the government. Yeah. So the government gets what? 15 cents back on the dollar mm-hmm. for that. Now, don't worry, they get a tangible asset, but... Right. Well, yeah. then let's not forget that that equipment is then used to deliver some piece of ordnance somewhere sure. that is also built by attack by one of these jobs. Yeah. So rather than building, constructing something here, you're just blowing a, a hole into a, you know, dropping it on some poor dude's mud hut somewhere. Um, you know, bombing people back in the Stone Age already live in the Stone Age, right? So it's a, an inefficient way, in my in my opinion. To and Jimmy, Dor- I stole this from Jimmy Dore, but uh, it's like the most inefficient way to jobs program there is. We could have been using that for to const- actually be constructive here. Right. Now, I'm not anti-military at all. Um, I think that the deterrent factor of of the most powerful fighting force ever assembled is is uh, enormous, but you know, if we're spending as much money as the next seven nations combined, well, let's just make it the next two combined. Right. You know, I, I don't see, and we also don't need to be all over the world being the policeman. Right. Um, well, a lot of that money though was also spent to kind of make Russia poor. Yeah. And it worked during the cold war. Yeah. And it worked, but we didn't stop spending though. We after kept that going. Happened. We just kept going. Yeah. And, and look, it, do I have, a solution to this? Probably not. Yeah. Because there is a domino effect when you start removing some of this money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that should be kind of, it needs to be addressed in some manner. Um, and I, I think they've, they've tried to here and there. Like, yeah. well, I guess when like, yeah, some of the, sh- the, the new Navy ships got a little bit too expensive. They said, wait, mm-hmm. wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Let's cut this back a little bit. Yeah. But, it's still a lot of money, mm-hmm. and I just don't. I don't have a good solution to this, other than look. Maybe can we spend some? Can we spend less on some of this stuff? But the problem is, once you start spending less, then the, some of the jobs go away. Yeah, right. And or or do the jobs go away, or do just shareholder profits go down? Well, the jobs go away. Yeah. You know, they're not cutting those. Sh- <laughs> they're not cutting that shareholder profit. Right. They're silly, not. silly me. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> See, you want CEOs to do the right thing? No, 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 no. Can't have that. Um, so yeah, I, I, fiscally responsible, unfortunately that that's gone out the window. It's just not going to happen. I wish it would happen, but it's not going to, um, we kind of touched on education in the last episode. And again, we're, (laughs) we're running along on this too, but (laughs) 
education we both kind of talked about school choice once you start doing school choice though you just you you erode the public school funds because you're basically leaving the the worst performing kids the poorest kids in these now public schools that are getting less funding because all the vouchers and stuff are going to better schools with the kids that want to learn or whatever their situation is I'm, i i don't blame kids in any stretch of the imagination i mean at some point yeah the kids need to take responsibility for themselves but at the same time some of them are just raised in crap homes and yeah i mean so much you can do about that yeah and you're not gonna you're not gonna save everyone um i think it would uh related to this subject but a bit of a departure from what we discussed last time is getting into the the free college and the you know f- free community college for all and and this sort of thing where um this is something where i f- i fall pretty hard right on um, the thing with colleges is that people say, well, you need to have a college degree. Well, you need to have a college degree to get jobs in a degree-required field. But if you go and major in art history, don't complain that you can't get get hired somewhere, that your career as a social media influencer isn't going the way you thought it was going to be and you're working as a barista. Um, I paid my student loans off. So now my wife still has hers. So I'm kind of 50-50 on that. If they said, hey, we're going to pay your student loans off. Well, I paid mine off, but <laughs> let's get hers. So we're, um, we're, we're in the same boat. Like, I, don't have, I don't have any student loans. My wife does. She worked for 10 years in the school system. Mm-hmm. Tried to get her loans forgiven from the, public's, uh, the public school loan forgiveness program. Mm-hmm. And that's in the news right now. As far they basically say they only went out like three percent of people got their loans paid off yeah. and everyone else got denied. Well, she was one that got denied mm-hmm. over some bull sn- snuff. <laughs> Just it, it was it, she apparently she didn't have the right type of loan. Yeah, and so we had to refinance the loan into a loan that was the right type of loan. Mm-hmm. But now we have to make ten more years of payments on. Oh it. Jesus! So we 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 paid on this thing for ten years. Yeah thinking that in 10 years we could get it forgiven because she worked in the public schools. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, she didn't have the right type of loan and she wasn't on the right type of repayment plan. Yeah. But nobody said that to her. Right. Yeah, why bother? Yeah. So, um, but as far as free education goes, I'm of the mindset of this. And private private industry does this. They'll hire a kid um, out of high school and say, look, we'll pay for your college, but you owe us five years. Mm-hmm. I'm of the same mindset. Let's say we offer free community college education. It has to be in one of these seven need areas. Yeah. Where whatever survey shows that there is a need for either HVAC techs, nurses, um, diesel mechanics. I don't care what it is. Coding, right? whatever IT stuff is going on. Sure. And either the employer pays for that mm-hmm. to the community college through a private public partnership or in the situation like nurses or whatever, have the federal government pay for the community college for the two-year nursing degree. Yeah. That nurse now has to go work for the VA mm-hmm. for, for five years. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't, I'm flexible on the agreement. Yeah. But my thing is I'm not opposed to someone getting their college education paid for. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to get it paid for, you are now going to either do some type of public service in that field, yeah, 
it's going to be in one of seven to ten fields that are at need. Mm-hmm. And you then have to put in your time until you're until you're a free agent, yeah. basically. Or my, my other thought would be, you know, because a lot of the rationale between the public co- the the free college is that, well, you know, high school kids come out of high school and they can't find employment with, you know, really good employment with uh, a high school degree, a high school diploma alone. Well, then let's look at what we're teaching them in high school. And maybe we need to, because the public education system was designed essentially to train people to be factory workers. Well, there's no factory workers anymore. So maybe let's look at what we're teaching kids in high school um, and alter it, change it a little bit so that it's more applicable to real-world skills that you can actually utilize uh, outside of school. Um, maybe make high school a year longer. I, I don't know. An option. Have an option year, like a redshirt year right. for, for high school. Oh, you redshirted? And then you, when you're done, you have your two-year degree. I know in Canada they have... They have a grade thirteen. Yeah, so their their high school goes through. Yeah, grade and then 13. In, in France, the way school works there is, I think when you turn fifteen, everyone takes a test, mm-hmm. and then that test kind of determines whether you're going to go into the into the trade track or the university track. Right. And I don't know if a test is right, but but kind of give people the option, like, hey, you're you know, oh, you like working with your hands, you're good. Okay, well, why don't you go into the trades track? You come out of high school, you have a marketable skill rather than, oh, I came out of high school. Now I need to go and get trained, you know, trained in something else just to be employable. So um, because we're already spending the money in the high schools. Right. So if, you know, there are kids that come out of come out of high school, they've taken AP classes. They have a year of college knocked out and they're already. Yeah. And and there used to be the old Votech or BOCES program mm -hmm. for kids that wanted to look into mechanics, being a mechanic, HVAC, whatever. I don't think those are as prevalent as they used to be. So this county has two, uh, Cat North and Cat South. Mm-hmm. So it, but it, for so long it was looked down. I know when I was in high school, it was looked down upon. Well, it is, and I don't think, I don't think outside of the low income areas, mm-hmm. I don't think the school counselors bring it up as much. So I don't think some kids even know about it. Yeah. Um, like for example, in your more affluent areas around here, like I, at South River. In Broadneck, yeah, Severna Park. I don't think that I don't think it's even brought up that much to these kids. So some of these kids might want to do that stuff, but they don't even know the options available to them. Oh yeah. yeah. Now, to me, I, like that's something that needs to be fixed. But um, they need to make kids more aware of their options. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like school choice goes and whatnot, when we're talking about that, I don't think you can do that without eroding the public school system so much, but you definitely, there definitely needs to be some kind of accountability at these local schools. Yeah. Um, like an independent auditor of mm. some sort. Ombudsman, maybe something, yeah. so, something needs to be done there. Cause too many inner city schools just fail the kids. miserably, yeah. And it's not a lack of funding. And we talked about that. Um, and I also think for, you know, when you get into education and then we talked about budget and finance earlier, but you know, so if you, improved high schools and then looked at the cost of college. I mean, the cost of these colleges are charging is astronomical and they do it because they can, because it's all bankrolled by taxpayer money. So you go, you get your student loans. It's government money that comes through a third party, through a middleman that manages the loan 
that then goes and gives to these colleges to spend on God knows safe spaces and 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 nonsense and and uh, you know grievance walls. So we've, um, we've got a whole other podcast. <laughs> there we go. About what, why college students think their opinions matter? <laughs> yeah, but like, let's get down to like teaching kids how to do something, educating people, yeah, um, and not stadiums and coffee bars and all this other nonsense. All right, we've got. About six more topics here. I think we can bust them out in about 15 minutes. <laughs> I know that some of these are really big, but I think we're going to bust these quick. Guns and Second Amendment. Oh, that's my thing. All right. So, um, as we, I, I fall hard right on this one. Um, my main uh, argument for it is that I don't like to, to erode rights. So... When the Second Amendment's gone, what then goes after that? So, well, if you're not a Second Amendment fan, if you're not a gun person at all, you should still be concerned about it, simply because when the Second Amendment goes away, so that's one gone. So then what's the next right that they decide they don't like? Right. Um, that's one part of it, though. Yeah. When it, when it comes to gun control itself, yeah. look at the cities that have the wor- the if gun control act the way that they that that is legislated actually worked, the homicide rate in Chicago would be zero. Well, I want to know the stat, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's out there because I don't think it would look good for the liberal leaning people. Of the murders by gun in the United States, how many are done with a, a legally owned gun versus an illegally owned oh. gun? Yeah. Now, here's my if if the number is overwhelmingly the the gun was owned legally, okay, mm-hmm. then obviously we got to fix some gun laws, in my yeah. opinion. However, I don't think that's the case. It's I think I think a majority, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb here. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that 75 percent of homicides via gun are by illegal guns purchased illegally. Obtained, with, possessed with illegally. The number of yeah, off. yeah. If you if you're to look at all of the, and I'm going to take out, there's a charge. It's called, um, it's like use of a firearm in a, uh, uh, in commission of a crime of violence. I'm going to take that one out. Okay. Okay. I guarantee you that every single murder charge, murder out case out there, there's going to with, with a firearm. That gun was either obtained possessed modified produced illegally there was some law that's already on the books that was already violated that didn't work right so and the thing is you could outlaw guns tomorrow you say you know what tomorrow all guns are banned and you know what there's still gonna be 50 people shot in chicago tonight yep it doesn't matter that it doesn't work so my thing is you're just chasing it around um it's not gonna Creating more stringent rules for guns is not going to solve the problem right now because the guns that are doing the harm are purchased illegally anyway. And they're not purchased illegally at Walmart. No. They're not purchased illegally at Cabela's. They're purchased illegally from the trunk of some dude's car who Mm -hmm. drove them from Atlanta to Chicago because guns are cheaper in Atlanta than they are in Chicago and you can make a quick 200 bucks on a handgun. Mm -hmm. And that's not me saying that. Like a, a liberal news organization called Vice actually did a report on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so their idea is, well, let's make guns illegal everywhere. 
Right, but that's not going to matter. No. Because they're, they're, they're buying them from some... They're going to get them from somewhere. Yeah. This, if any... Criminals are resourceful people. I mean, yeah. call them what you want, but they're very resourceful people. Yep. They will get their... They will get their uh, their merchandise from someone somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So and, and let's look back. You know, if you look back, say eighty years ago, you could buy a BAR. So a BAR is a Browning automatic rifle. That was the squad automatic weapon um, in the Second World War. Okay, so essentially, you're it would be similar to. Uh, you might be familiar with the M60 yep. or the M249. So it's the squad automatic weapon. So that would be like today, if I could just through go on Amazon and buy um, an M249 and just have it. But 80 years ago, there weren't homicides all over the place. Right. So there's another decay in society that's causing this. And I think you'd make a much better impact in people's lives if you were to attack those issues rather than just go after the gun. Because if you took all the guns away from, from people, they'd stab each other. Right. Or hit each other with baseball bats. So you're going right. to take baseball bats away. It's just you're, you're going after the wrong thing. Criminal's going to criminal. Right. Right. And I'm also, but I'm also not, in, I mean, look, some of, some of the super right uh, 2A people, though, they go a little too far. Yeah, and and it's like, look, dude, you don't need a cannon. You know what I'm saying? Now that I'm not saying it's even a matter of need. I get it. Some of the, some of these guns are, are are collectibles and toys for some people. I get that, but some of these things are ridiculous that's going around out there. But at the same time, it's not like people are getting shot with cannons, right? You know, like that, like that toy, like that that cannon toy that yeah. some do, or the, no one's pulling out the fifty cal. No, more, it, to to the you know more to, people are killed. People up. More people are killed with hammers every year than AR-15s. Sure. Yeah, and the AR-15 is the one that gets because it's the big bad black rifle, um, and it, it it gets a lot of the ire just because it's an easy target. Right. It, so those things, um, the most horrific incidents are using those, uh, but an M1 Garand will do the same thing. Yeah, and. Now, recently, there have been some some uh, liberal folks on YouTube that have been trying to, like, show how easy it is to buy a gun. And every single one of them, it's not easy to buy no. a gun. They all had to wait the three-day waiting period. Mm-hmm. They all had to wait for their background check. Like, putting more laws on the books. Um, the The current laws, if they're enforced correctly through legit retailers... They work. Yeah. You know, the people got to pass their background check. People got to, uh, they got to wait their three days in most states and some states is even more. Um, putting more laws in the books for guns isn't going to solve the problem. It's no. going to look, it's going to fire up your base mm-hmm. on the left side. It's yeah. going to fire them up that, but it's also going to fire up the right side. Yep. Um, it, I guess my point is that for me, it's always been guns. Don't kill people. People with guns kill people. Mm-hmm solve the people problem. Yeah. The criminal problem, the illegal gun problem. That's the stuff you need to get. I mean, and then when you I, catch, I, I, I find it hysterical. Local, our local police department, they love to snap pictures for Facebook to show the drug bus. Mm-hmm. What about the, what about the illegal guns? Yeah. Why don't you go try and find some of them? Yeah. And then, and then the thing is with, with the, uh, the motives 
you know, the, the violence that's associated with us, this <clears throat> let's, when you catch people with these guns, mm-hmm. put them in jail and leave them there. Don't let them out. Right. But what they're doing is they're saying, Oh, we need more gun laws. And then people are caught on the existing gun laws and you know, they're, they let them out. So don't let them out, keep them in jail. Right. You know, then they're not a problem anymore. Um, so the criminal doesn't care about the law. They're, they've already shown that they don't care about the law. So Correct. making another one's not going to help. And then when you do catch them, have some consequences attached to it. Don't feel sorry for them. Um, and then solve the people problem. Like you said, let's, let's, let's attack the root cause and make maybe make an improvement in people's lives. Yep. All right. So we're good with guns in the second amendment, at least for you and I, I'm sure people hate us for it. Right yeah. Now. I just, I, I Remember uh, Dave Chappelle doing the, the haters ball? Yeah. Hate, 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 hate. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's my little Dave Chappelle throw in there. All right. Uh, gay marriage. Um, well, I'm, I'm fine with it. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Right? I don't care. Yeah. No. Like, and and I, the thing is, if it if a church doesn't want to marry you, then that's that's the church's prerogative. There are other ways to go about doing it. So um, I'm always a the state or the county or the local government should should not be uh, involved in who marries who. Right. Every, I think, in my opinion, every single certificate of actually, I would I would even say called a civil union certificate for tax purposes because that's mm-hmm. really what it is. Yeah. It's 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 a tax thing. Yeah. So you can file taxes together and lower your tax bill. Well, so yeah. There's there's other things where called a civil union certificate yeah, for everybody. For everybody. And and here's the thing: like if you have two men or two women who are married. Um, and they they're in love with each other, and they spend their lives with one another, and then or say they're not married because they're living in an area where they can't. But I think the Supreme Court kind of settled that, put that one to bed. But they've been together deeply, careful, and then prior to them being able to get married, like they're the other one's dying, and they couldn't go visit them in the hospital. Like it's it's heartbreaking. That's rough. Yeah, it, and um, yeah. you know, so you know, I'm 100 percent in support of it. Well. It, and my counter argument to the religious right is, look, fifty percent of marriages end in divorce, mm-hmm. and that I mean, fifty percent of marriages between men and women, yeah, end in divorce. You, you really think that saying two men or two women shouldn't get married, it, it's a, it's a, a violation of the sanctity of marriage? <laughs> right. Get out of it! Come on yeah. now, like yeah. it's good. That's that's the thing that's gonna right. gonna gonna bring that institution down. Yeah, it's, it's like, pretty much on its way down anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, come on now, like you're not gonna you're not gonna tell me it violates the sanctity of marriage when yeah you got some shoot the the last president was married three times yeah and, and it was supposed to be it was like a hero of the religious right mm-hmm. like come on now like let, let's let's be honest with each other with this yeah like. Your whole oh, it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Yeah, who cares? Listen, you the the religious right can't be all about uh, religious freedoms and you know staying out of people's business mm-hmm. and you know, I don't. But want, then wanting to be absolutely in everyone's right, business right. in this instance, I don't want to. The government shouldn't be in your business, but I'm going to be in your bedroom. Yeah, get out of here with this nonsense, like. Like that's hypocrisy in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Like, don't run. I could be a very hypocritical person. I get that. There's some <laughs> things I say don't make sense, whatever. But this is like, look, I don't want to I don't I don't want any say in what two people want to do together for their life. I don't it 
to me, I don't want people telling me what to do. Yep. So I don't want to tell them what to yeah, do. Yeah, have you ever seen those statement flags where it says, in this house we believe? And, yeah. And the one thing is love is love. I, I'm on, like, yeah, if two people love each other regardless of, of their equipment, I, right. like, God bless you. There's so much hate in this world to begin with. Like, no, I'm I'm fully, fully in support of it. And, but I'm, I, I am against trying to trap people for their religious beliefs, though. Mm. If that's their religious belief and they don't think that two, two uh, men should be married or two women should be married, I don't feel like there should be a crusade against them to try and get them to conform to society. Yeah. Like that whole cake baker case out in Colorado. Like, I'm sorry, leave the dude alone. Yeah. Like he was willing to make you a cake, but he didn't want to put dong and balls on there. Yeah. Which you tried to make him do. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he wasn't against making you a cake, which is what all the media wanted people to think. Yeah. Like, oh, he was anti gay. He didn't want. No, he just didn't. It, it, as a cake baker who can choose to put what he wants on cakes, decided he didn't want to put a dick and balls on a cake. Mm hmm. Or two dudes on top of a cake. That's his right as an artist, as a baker, and whatever. Yeah. Like, you, you can't force a painter to paint flowers. Yeah. We, and we talked about this in a different podcast. It's like, look, you went after that dude on purpose. Mm-hmm. Rather than just, like, look, if you want people to let you live, you got to let other people live, too. Yeah. You got to leave some people alone. Rather than going after them because they don't believe what you want them to believe in. It is kind of what it is in that point. It's like you can't you can't come off holier than thou when you're not holier than thou. Yeah. All right. So, but again, though, I'm for people doing whatever they feel necessary. I don't think the government should be in marriage certificates. Yeah. No, screw that. Everyone who want any two people who want one can get a civil what what is it a civil union certificate. Yeah. For tax purposes and for health or for health benefit yep. reasons, whatever it is, mm-hmm. power of attorney, whatever, yeah. Yeah. yeah, all that stuff. And I think there's a there's a compromise to be had there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm sure we'll get flamed for that one too. Yeah. Whatever. By the way, I still want to get invited to the gay wedding. <laughs> Me too. I don't. Ha- I haven't seen an invitation come across my <laughs> my mailbox yet. Probably because I haven't given out my address. But hey, if you know who I am <laughs> and you're gay and you're getting married, please. My wife and I would love to come, and Mike and his wife want to come, too. Okay. All right. Moving on. Um, we're on a little bit long, but we're going to keep going. Uh, let's see. You want to do Israel? I really don't think food is a big thing. I don't even know if we we're going to... That's not a major topic, is it? Yeah. Um, food. Uh, I guess my only thing with food was... Look, I don't care what the, these farms put on the food... I think they should have to label it so yeah. that people know what they're putting in their body. Yep. All right. Um, Israel, right yeah. to defend themselves. Yeah, so I'm I'm fully on board with the right to defend themselves. Um, I think Israel gets, gets a bad rap from certain uh, factions of the media, pretty much all of it. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I used to think that it was, you know, Palestinians and Israel were like second class citizens. That's not really how it is. Um, so I've kind of turned on on that because I used to be like, why are we supporting them and this and that? But if you look at some of the peace agreements that were brokered between 
Israel and the UAE, Israel and was it Bahrain? Um, well, Israel, I think Israel and Jordan have one too. Yeah, but that was long, Israel and Egypt and Jordan. Yeah, Israel, Egypt, Israel, Jordan. Those were two of the first. Yeah, and then recently it was UAE, mm-hmm. L- Libya. Mm, Libya does they? It was exist another country anymore? in Africa. I don't know. It was another country in Africa. I think. That, yeah, but, yeah. They just had a, like there were three or four of them. Yeah. that just happened. So I think Israel has a right to exist. Israel has a right to defend itself. Um, I saw a thing of if Israel laid laid down its arms and said we're not fighting anyone, what would happen to Israel? They get blown away by Iran. Yeah. If the rest of that part of the world laid down their arms and said they weren't fighting Israel anymore, right. what would happen? Problem is, you have Iran and Hezbollah saying that they're gonna that they don't believe Israel has a right to exist and they're yeah. gonna blow them off the face of the yeah. planet. So, so you have that problem, um, and that part of part of the world has been fought over for. I mean, the Crusades went through there. Uh, you know, the Romans were there. So it's it's and, been and World War Two didn't. I mean, the, the aftermath of World War Two and essentially what created the state of Israel didn't help things. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of like um, I just watched a, a, a video on uh, how the borders in the U.S. were made. And mm-hmm. a lot, like they said, like a lot of them were made. Uh, like for example, Virginia, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. The border was created solely so that there was one. Uh, the people in West Virginia wanted to remain part of the Union. Yep. Virginia wanted to remain part. Of, wanted to go secede, yeah. but the border was kind of created just haphazardly at the yeah. time. And I'm, I'm, I would imagine that when Israel was created, uh, well, actually, the original borders that were created are not the ones that were from today. Israel had to fight and they pushed the borders out Mm -hmm. a little bit because essentially they gave them a piece of land that was indefensible at the time. Because they they went and and it was uh, the Gaza Strip of the West Bank, I believe, was was a territory that they seized. Golan Heights, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And Israel, I mean, there were some... The entire Arab world attacked Israel at once and they'd always beat them back. Um, Oh, because they were using American weapons. Uh, They were using... you know, the the first the first when Israel was first uh, existed, they were flying Messerschmitt BF one hundred nines. So like they've been, you know, they're using you know French mirages. They've been using a whole bunch of different equipment from different places. Um, the thing is, Israel is the we went and well, we're trying to spread democracy in Iraq and here and there, but Israel is a democracy, the only functioning democracy in that part of the world. Yeah. I- I get it. I mean, I understand, though, after World War II, they displaced a lot of Palestinians, though. Mm. So I understand that part of it. And that's why I kind of brought up the drawing of the borders at the time. It was done kind of, I think it was probably done a little haphazardly, probably. Um, Was there a better solution? Probably. Mm -hmm. But the fact remains is, okay, this is what it is now. Now, since then, though, I mean, you're talking... What are we, 70, 80 years on from the mm-hmm. time Israel was created? And Israel kind of expanded its own borders. Yeah. I'm kind of of the opinion that wars get fought to the victor go to the spoils, mm-hmm. right? If the Arab world wanted to take it back, and they did, and they tried, mm-hmm. and they did, yeah. and they failed, which they did, well, at some point, to the victor go to the spoils, and, and I, this is what it is now. Yeah. And I don't believe those territorial gains were through offensive action no they were um, attacked first they did not i don't right. think they they were they're not they weren't the offensive part the aggressor but 
when they got attacked and they ended up pushing out their boundaries, they never gave back. Right. I'm and, cool with and, that. and look, I, again, I am cool with that because yeah. to the victor go the spoils. Mm-hmm. It, look, you attacked, you got beat. They took some of your, they took more of your land and now you're pissed. Right. Well, you, you attacked in the first place. Yeah. And I get it. The land was taken from you in the first place. Mm-hmm. Well, again, the victors of World War Two decided that this is what was going to happen. Yeah, you. I, I and I don't know the specifics of it, but somehow it happened, and that's it is what it is at this yeah. point. You're you got to accept the truth of today at some point. Mm-hmm. Um. And you could say that about a lot of territories in, in the world. Yeah. I mean, at some point, wars got fought. I mean, it's almost kind of like in the United States. People are like, oh, the Native Americans, the poor Native Americans. The Native Americans lost battles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they fought wars. They lost. Right. And the English or the colonial powers at the time... Pushed out their lands. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying it was right at the time to do, but to say today that you should start giving stuff back. Right. Because it wasn't right. And and those... That's those, what war is. It's right. a tough world out there. And and those tribes weren't exactly... Like, they weren't all peaceful and, and you know, running around with bunny rabbits. They right. were fighting with each other. Um, there were some very, you know, fierce warriors, so, you know, that... that that were that were here if you go even even further you know further south and earlier in history the you know the incans the mayans and the aztecs like they were empires yep and the spanish came and you know they 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 fought and and they won that that war now the spanish were the invader you know but um had the Incans and the Mayans and the Aztecs developed the te- technology to sail the other way and landed in Spain, probably would have done exactly the same thing. So, you know, I, that's how I look at at, at those conquests. You know, it's, it was there's always going to be there's always going to be war and conflict. There's always going to be a winner and a loser. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, now when you get into the some of the more uh, like Trail of Tears and that sort of stuff, like that was awful. You know, um, so you use it, giving them smallpox infested blankets and stuff, to, you know, dirty pool. Yeah. I mean, look, when there's war happening, I mean, what do they say? All fair, all's fair in love and war. Yeah. And look, looking back on it, you're like, wow, those yeah. were some crappy people. Yeah. But. And, and I, I guarantee the people screaming at the radio right now are like. Well, it's easy for you to say you're you, you're advocating for the winning side. You know, I have some ancestors that were on the losing side of a really bad situation. Yeah, I'm not going to say what it was, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't the Holocaust. It was another genocide that happened. Yeah, and yes, am I bitter toward that country that did it? Yes. Am I saying that my people should have some land back? No, we lost. Yeah. It is what it is. I mean, you got to put your pride aside a little bit and accept the reality of today. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, they just lost another portion of the country that they took, well, I think it was like 15, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. 
it is what it is. Another yeah. country that wanted it took it. That's how this planet has kind of evolved. Mm-hmm. I mean, what am I? I'm not going to say that that country needs to give it back now. Yeah. No, they wanted it. They took it. That, mm-hmm. That's how that went. It, it is what it is. Yeah. And there were pieces in Europe that were fought. The Sudetenland, you know, went back and forth. France, Germany, France, Germany. You know, it, it's been, um, you know, all over the all over the world it's been going on since there's since homo sapiens has been walking the earth it's been going on so uh it's it's nothing new all right last topic it's the biggie abortion Mm. texas just did their heartbeat bill yeah at six weeks so i like to tell people this i am i am pro-choice Politically, mm-hmm. mostly because I don't think I should have a say in what someone else does with their life. This is this is another portion of um, where I think the Republicans kind of overstep, where they say, "Yeah, abortion should be illegal," but the rest of the time they're saying that the government should be shouldn't be in your business. Right. All right. So for me. In my personal life, and I, you know, I talked to my wife about this. I think in my personal life, if my wife got pregnant, um, I would like to think that we would not go the abortion route. Even though I mean, we're older, but we, either way, even when we're younger, I, I yeah. would like to think that we did not. We, we, we wouldn't go that route in my mm-hmm. our personal life. So, in that regard, I'm I could be considered pro life, but when it comes to national mandates and national laws. I think everyone's situation is different. Yeah. Um, that's why you always hear about people saying there should be exceptions for incest and rape and all that stuff. Well, what about other, there could be other instances. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think we should just limit the exceptions to those. I think everyone's situation is different. Um, and I don't think the federal government or other people, other voting people, should have a right to say what that person, what that woman should do with their body. Now, I talked with my wife when we were talking about this. She, in, in her opinion, it's her body. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm involved in making that baby, mm-hmm. I should. It, it should be her choice, not our choice at yeah. that point. And I could see that point of view too. I'm not completely against that, for for. Um, but I think as a married couple. If if you're making the decision to engage in the act of of possibly making a baby, yeah, I feel like it should probably be a joint decision, <laughs> right? Yeah, but I it, look it, for the sake of my marriage and the fact I want to stay married, I'm going to say <laughs> no. But yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I I I can see her point of view. Yeah. Um. I I guess in in my opinion, it should pro choice is the way I would have to vote politically. Um. Even though in my own personal life, I don't. I wouldn't want to go that route. Yeah. So I. I fall. I'm similar. I am pro-choice, but anti-abortion, and mainly it's I don't think the government should be making those decisions. That 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 it's a medical decision between a um, a woman and her physician. With the caveat, though, that when you start thinking about it, they say, "Oh, it's just a clump of cells." Well, once that clump of cells has DNA, what makes an individual an individual? Is it DNA? 
you know, is it unique DNA that makes someone an individual? Um, so that's kind of where, and then the gov- does the government have a, a right to protect its weakest citizens? Which, then you say, okay, well, a little baby would be the weakest citizen, and then a baby right. that wasn't born yet. So it's a very hard decision. Um, but again, I still get back to the, f- the thing where I want to remain consistent in the fact that, you know, if you're going to go and espouse all this limited government, limited government, except there, we want the government all in that, right. everything else is limited government. Well, now you're kind of being, you're, you're, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. Yeah. So I really kind of stay like, you know, is it the decision that I would want to make? Absolutely not. Um, but I don't have that, you know, it's not a decision that I'm going to be making anyway. Uh, so, but yeah, I'm very, if I, you know, I would try to talk someone out of it, um, if they were to ask my opinion on it. But as far as going and saying, oh no, it should be outlawed. No, I don't think it should be. Um, again, because I don't want the government involved <clears throat> in that sort of intimate, um, issue. Yeah. I mean, my, in my opinion could change too. I mean, I've got two daughters, right? Who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't have. I'm not going to have a. Uh, I'm not going to have. I want. I don't want. I don't want to say I'm not going to have input if that ever situation ever arises, because I'm sure my daughters would ask for my advice, mm-hmm. right? I don't know what I would tell them though. Yeah. And when, it, when if that ever came around, mm-hmm. um, I think there's there's a lot of avenues to think about. I mean, there's. There's a portion of it that says, you know, there are plenty of uh, families that are, want to adopt babies. Yep. Um, so you know, it might be, look, even if you're not ready or whatever the reason being, I mean, obviously outside of a medical reason, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's very rare anyway. Well, it, it could be one of those things where, yeah, maybe I would say, hey, look, maybe this is an option you want to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe putting the baby up for adoption is something you want to think about. Because um, I also I, I do think there's a mental toll on women that have abortions. Yeah, um, a lot of guilt, right? Mm-hmm. But there, I mean, who am I to say that? I mean, there, there's there's probably a lot of guilt for women that put their babies up for adoption too. I mean, yeah, there there's so much, and that's the thing I don't. I, that I don't think people understand. There's there, so much. And there that goes probably into this. when they get abortions, don't care. You know, so, look, there might be. but you know, I, I, I don't think I don't think that's the case for a majority yeah. of women, though. I, they're they're really. I mean, I, I think. I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe maybe some do, but I think they're. I think it's a very. Uh, I don't think it's an easy decision for any woman to make. In fact, for a lot of them, I think it, it's incredibly difficult. And I think yeah. there's probably some mental anguish either way mm-hmm. you know what either either decision they make yeah. right um now i'm also i'm i mean I, I don't think because i'm a man that i shouldn't have an opinion right i mean i'm i am what i everyone has an opinion on everything yeah right um but i also don't outside of my house I don't think my input's going to matter to anybody. Not on yeah. that. And I don't think it should. It's no, a, it's it, an extremely private and personal decision. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and, um, that's exactly where I am with it. Like, 
you know, there's no reason to, for me to interject, you know, um, if someone, like, if someone asked me, like, and we're having this discussion now, mm-hmm. but I just, I, I come back to the whole, and the government should be involved in it. So let's keep the government out of that. So, um, and it's funny, but then if you go to the other side, that they're, they're going to quit at the murder. Yeah. Right. They're going to, I mean, well, that's where the whole protect its weakest citizens thing comes in. Right. So I almost think that it's something that, you know, that's between the, the provider, the, 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 the mother, the, and, and God, like, let's leave it at that. Right. Like, let God sort that one out. So, um, you know, uh, it's, it, but it's a rough one. But politic, so politically though, let's, screw screws to it. Running for office, mm-hmm. do you run as pro-choice or pro-life? Me, uh, yeah, that I'll probably go as pro-choice. Exactly. But I'm not going to be one of the ones that's pounding my fist on the table saying, you know, that we're going to do abortions up until birth. Right. You know, um, I, I'd be pro-choice, understanding that it's a very nuanced topic. Yeah. It, it, it is. It's not black and white. Yeah, and it then I think doesn't. it's and I think it's also a topic that both sides use to fire up their base. Um, Absolutely. You know that um, it should be. It's a medical procedure. It should be left. The, but it, and the Supreme Court decided on a national level. Now, if some of these states want to go and pass these laws, then um, sue them and fight them in court over it. Um, but it is a federal system, so that's the the states can govern themselves accordingly. I don't. I think states that pass these laws though don't really understand the ramifications of them. Mm-mm. A person who wants to get an abortion is going to go get one. Yeah. Whether they're going to do it in the back alley. Yeah. Or they're going to go to another state that allows it. Mm-hmm. They're still. It's going to happen. You're not. Yeah. I don't think one life is going to be saved. Yeah. Well, my, because of a different law. Yeah. I just and, don't. I, I. I don't see that happening. Yeah. And my my mother had a bumper sticker or something, and it said, "Keep abortion safe, legal, and rare." And that's kind of where I fall on it. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good a good place to land. So mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and then find ways to prevent it. To be, I think, you know, Barack Obama said it like, let's look at ways to prevent it in the first place. So, yeah. Well, that was. That's us pretty much telling you, you out there, because we have gotten into politics in the past on certain things and. Certain topics, but we never we've never laid out exactly where we are in the major political topics and where we stand. And I think from what you can tell from this is that you know neither one of us, well, we might have some views that lean left and some views that lean right. I mean, shoot, it doesn't get much more left than single payer health care, and it doesn't <laughs> get much more right than pro Second Amendment. Yeah, um, and and everything in between. Yeah. So there is a middle, if. If you listen to this and you're like, hey, yeah, this makes sense. There are other people like you out yeah. there. And you can be opposites of us on all the other, you know, like on these, but still left on some things and right on others. You don't, have to put right. yourself, you don't have to put yourself in a box. That's right. I mean, that's the beauty of this country. At least it is currently, hopefully. Mm-hmm. It remains that way. You know, we don't all think the same. It's okay to have difference of opinion. Keep the discourse, though. At a at a, a good level, following congresswomen into a bathroom because you don't agree with them, protesting on their front lawn in their home because you don't agree with them, fighting someone, shooting someone in the streets because you don't agree with them, 
Um, it's not the way to go about things. We, we have Congress to debate things. People can debate things, but taking it to another level is not where we want to go as a society. So we hope you kind of got a greater understanding of where we stand on some topics. Um, maybe got some more clarity on where we stand. Not everything's black and white. Um, but hopefully you enjoyed this podcast and please like subscribe, comment, share, uh, rate us on all the podcast platforms, even though I don't even know if that's the thing. Um, and hopefully, uh, we didn't turn anybody off and we see you next time.